So one of the follies of me taking, I feel like I take on the most important and critical elements of uh, preparing and planning the show and you take on all the, the hard stuff. And I think that that disparity is, is never more apparent than when we haven't done the show in a little bit. <laughs> like you, you, you do all the sausage making and make sure it actually sounds good and gets online. But I'm tasked with um, like uh, the coin flip or the tip off or what was the first song in Hamilton? I, I, I'm, I'm setting the tone. And I don't feel uh, I feel woefully ill-equipped this um, this episode. But yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an ops guy, and that's you know it's just like ride, riding a bike. Yeah, oddly, you do literally never forget how to ride a bike. I don't know where that that phrase came from, but uh, but yeah, turns out it's true. Uh, when was the last time you actually legitimately rode a bike that was not being um, coached by Ben Aldis? <laughs> Proud, oh, sorry, actually, hold on. Ooh, it, it all wraps. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Proud Threads user Benjamin Aldis Correct. of the Queen's England. That's right. That's the, yeah. ki- the Kings, it, Kings England now, right? Is there no longer a queen? Well, there's there's a king now. But is there no longer? Wait, is never? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> is is who is it? Prince Philip? It does. This doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I would have assumed there was still a queen, but maybe the person who's currently the King of England is. Queen Elizabeth's, it, it doesn't matter. Ask, okay. ask, move, 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 moving on. Yes. Um, all right. So I'm going to take, a, we're going to take a couple of, uh, nonsense things out of the way that have been kind of stuck in my notes folder. And that will, uh, ease us into, um, a more substantive topic. I promise. Uh, you put a, you could put a couple of bonus things in here, but I'm going to start with the least, um, well, actually, no, the, 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 this will be the last one. Uh, we talk about still or sparkling water all the time on the show, correct? I think we used to have a segment, didn't we? I don't know if we ever stopped having a segment, but <laughs> this first little bit is going to be all about various flavor things that we have identified over the past month. But there's one that you put in here, which is polarizing for me, because we've talked about... So I, th- I think the unofficial uh, unpaid sponsor or sponsor and residence of this show is Spindrift as being the leading sparkling water choice for both of us. I don't maybe probably I don't really or you, you've never co-signed that I don't really like Spindrift if I'm being honest with you Carlos I don't I don't think I've actually ever told you that but it's it's really not my favorite sorry I know you I know you love it but huh okay that's <laughs> I didn't it's realize hurtful. all this was based on a lie but <laughs> um okay that's fine anyway but I fine I take the ideological consistent approach here which is that spindrift is great the um the spiked spindrift was an, a colossal disappointment and i regret uh having to drive new uh, to uh, newport beach trader joe's to go get it and having bought two cases of it sight unseen because um somebody was on instagram told me about it but you put a thing in here from uh from slate about the best sparkling water and i don't and it's from a series called pour one out which is pretty pretty solid uh, but have you ever tried polar seltzer? I have not. No, and that was <clears throat> one of the things that caught my attention with this article. Is I feel like I'm relatively up on seltzers, and I had not had not yeah. heard of this one, and I was curious if you had. Well, I had, but also again, point of order. I think your uh, exposure and and uh, proclivity, proclivities related to sparkling water are maybe a little bit suspect because I think your leading choices are bubbly and soda stream how how, are they not how dare you um no i i 
bubbly i i also don't really care for too artificial tasting um i well i i'm i'm boring which i think is is pretty well documented on this show at this point i i do tend to like just regular plain sparkling water that i that i make with my soda stream and if i want flavored stuff LaCroix is is usually the the go-to because that's that's what the lady friend likes and so that's that's what we usually have here at the house can i ask three questions actually real fast what are are the no no three uh all good things come in threes like Mm. um what are the uh what are the, the the leading uh flavors of LaCroix in the house so the lady friend really likes pomplamoose, which is not not my favorite. I'm not a big grapefruit guy. Um, yeah, and you and you guys have tried the grapefruit spindrift. Yes, and yet okay. All right, so pomplamoose, uh huh. And then um, lemon is a flavor that we that that we both like. I like it more so than than she does, but but we we've we've got that around quite a bit. Um, Tangerine is another pretty common flavor, and I guess lime would, would yeah. round out the top the top four. Never, um, never limoncello. Tried that once, bad. Well, we 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 talked about that because that was part of Lacroix's uh, curate line of exotic flavors. Yeah, and I, this 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 did make an episode of the show uh, a Oof. few years ago. Oof. But the problem is with Lacroix is that it, one, it's not very good, and it's um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Just objective. Just, 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 let's, let's, let's one, stay of the, one of the problems, yeah. It is, but also on the cans, it'll say naturally essence, which also, that doesn't make any sense. But also, LaCroix has no, like, it just vaguely tastes like, I've never, um, I actually think this, maybe this is a soda stream thing. Like, don't they sell, like, little drops? Yeah, they make bubbly drops. They have uh, little things where you just kind of do, like, a little, like, it adds a, the tiniest bit of flavor to your thing. We, I, right? I know, I know that we talked about this on the show. I think I did a whole little bit on it. I, I was really, well, I don't know if I was really, or if it was more ironically excited about trying the, the bubbly flavor things for the soda stream. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they were so bad. Like, I think, I think my main takeaway was that the lemon one, which, you know, because I generally like lemon sparkling water was the first one that I tried tasted like the smell of lemon pledge like you know you know that that's that's well yeah but that sounds amazing (laughs) but 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 it but it wasn't because tasting the smell that you associate with like a chemical is just it's it's off-putting well i think you're you're i somehow if the pepsi company has somehow managed to find a way to sell you synesthesia for four dollars that's actually pretty amazing (laughs) And also pretty proud of myself that I remember what that word is. Okay, but anyway, but so, but that's the thing where like uh, LaCroix taste, uh, like it, it, the flavor is so, it's not even that it's subtle, it's just weak. It, do you, do you understand the distinction there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just barely tastes like what it should. And that's the part that kind of, kind of kills it for me. But you are, you are right. The bubbly beyond the whole Michael Buble connection and the dumb spelling of the name uh not not very good but going back to the thing but so the number one pick here is polar seltzer i've actually had this several times because it is one of the better plain canned sparkling waters in terms of like carbonation levels but the problem is that um the santa Fe target did not 
consistently have it in stock. So then I I did go one step down where I just buy the Trader Joe's brand plain sparkling water, and that's most of the way there. Anyway, no, it's 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 fine. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't have strong preferences here, but um, yeah, Spender still wins. Did did you um, ask, did you ask me three questions? I feel like you only oh, asked no, me sorry, one. Oh no, sorry, that that was that was only one. Okay, the other bits were because I I'm uh. I feel like I'm prejudiced against SodaStream because it carries the stench of, and <laughs> this is going to carry over to the threads thing, I promise. But but the things that are things that have kind of um, bad connotations, doing to be like being related to podcasts, are kind of it's it's going to be a through line in this episode. But um, SodaStream, how does it work in terms of like, I, I with the carbonation process, if you put cold water in. And then you do the carbonation thing. Is it like lukewarm when you take it? Like, how, how do you get cold sparkling water on demand? What, what do you think? The carbonation process takes like an hour or something? Well, I would, I would assume it's doing something which probably makes cold water less cold. I don't think it like suddenly because it's like a Keurig or something. But like, I would assume if you put in like water from like the little fridge dispenser thingy that that's pretty chilled, it ends up being less chilled when you, when you carbonate it. I mean, the carbonation process only takes a couple of seconds, so I don't think the temperature is materially changed as a result of going through that process. And I usually, you- I usually like to have the canisters pre-filled and in the fridge, so the water's even a little bit, you know, colder compared to, you know, getting water out of the tap or even out of the dispenser in your fridge, and then carbonating yeah, but that. that. But the amount of foresight required with that is 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 absurd. <laughs> I don't I'm, want to plan. I'm my... impressive. What can I say? I'm just saying, like I like it's a, the way what you're describing is basically like having an Android phone. Like this is this is like there's so much work in order to just get what you want. Like I feel like Spindrift is the iPhone of sparkling waters. I mean, I'm a guy that makes his own espresso and his own pizza. So what can I tell you? <laughs> well, on the other end of the spectrum, my sparkling water needs are very very simple, but also my coffee making is, I think eight times as fussier as yours is, which is already eight times as fussier as just buying um, La Colombe or eight, like Duncan K-Pods or whatever. Eight times more expensive too. Mine? Mm-hmm. No. Wait, you mean my machine or my process in general? Um, mostly your machine. No, my machine was... I don't need to say it, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was certainly not... It was, it was two to two and a half times what yours is. I think oh, it was, kinda, I think it was, we, I think it was we, more, we, more than that, but it wasn't. But it won't, but once we break out the uh, the grinder, we're, we're okay. We're gonna stop. <laughs> um, and also with the fucking equator coffee, uh, again, yeah, mm, still mad about yeah. that. Yeah, So, but that, I guess that's that's my point, which is that um, I don't know. So strange. It just it feels like it's work, and I just like I do really like like I feel like I would be inconsistent about it. This is kind of like the consistency. Like to take it back to the espresso thing of the consistency of pulling shots which is that do you feel you get a consistent level of carbonation in between soda stream pulls? Well, we, we kind of, that's the thing that feels like the variability. We, we, we kind of cheat in that regard and that we have the, um, I forget what it's called. The soda stream power, maybe whatever it's called. It's, it's the one that, uh, uh, that plugs in. So the, the first one that we had, was the I guess like original one where it, there was like a little kind of pump thing on it, and so you know with that I, I guess there probably was a little bit more variability because it was a more manual process. But the one that we have now, 
just has three buttons on it, you know, for less or for, you know, less medium or more carbonation. And, you know, the results from that are the same, I guess, with the exception of when the um, the canister is getting low, you know, sometimes you'll get inconsistent results there, but that that's your cue to, to swap out the, the canister. <laughs> Um, I know this is this is what the show always ends up being. So I I take uh, I take your point with all those things, but now I'm stuck on SodaStream's website. So if you go there and I'm looking at the 90 day carbonation bundle, which I think is funny, just because the most uh evocative thing I, whenever I hear, see the term 90 day, are, are you familiar with 90 day fiance? I feel like you have to be. <laughs> I I am. Yeah. Okay. But you scroll down a little bit, and one they have the E Terra, which I I. What does that even mean? When you scroll down a little bit, the the three like and when you're in the F and B's section, the three marquee head, headlining features that you know like that are the call to action for somebody to press buy and talk to sales is uh, stay hydrated, limitless taste, and save the planet. So they're not they're not underselling this at all. Wait, does and this, I only have does this model that that you're pointing to here, which will be in the notes? Does it have a like a light? on it it's good well yeah it's got a hue light built in and it connects to sonos and it's it's got it's it's got disco mode yeah and i only have one day 11 hours 26 minutes and 23 seconds to save 25 percent on this carbonation day bundle yeah hmm. push for better is, is not yeah, a happy, terrible slogan happy but... carbonation day happy prime day no prime day, prime day is, uh, <laughs> Amazon kind of sucks now. We'll, we'll we'll get to it, but Amazon like I I I hate shopping. I don't think Amazon. we are in this episode, but we we will at some point. Yeah. No, no, I think I think I think we actually probably will. There's there's a wraparound here thing. Okay. Um. Okay. So, so that, you, you've asked me two questions, right? Is there a third one? Oh, I think I think it was mostly related to the temperature, but just like just how much work is it? And if because if if you're having to add like ice cubes to get your sparkling water to the right temperature, that's also messing with the carbonation levels. Uh, no, I like just like I I, I would say even just out of the you know the fridge tap straight into the soda stream like that's perfectly fine and if i remember to you know pre-fill the canister and leave that in the fridge for a bit you know that works too the alternative i guess for someone who's really fussy like you would be to how dare you <laughs> would be to carbonate it and then you put that in the fridge because you know the the canister has a or not the canister, not not to be confused with the the CO two canister, but like the the bo- the bottle, I guess is what I should call it, where the the water goes. It has a you know a, a cap on it, which is it does a pretty good job of keeping the carbonation in. So you can you know carbonate the bottle, put that in the fridge, and then that'll be you know as cold as you want it to be. I that yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm saving the planet over here, man. I don't think you are though. Like that's the <laughs> that's the only other thing, which is that. Because you have to get in the car to exchange the canisters, I think it, that's the part where you don't. Though. You can just have them shipped right to you. And how does it get to you? Well, you you can see it on the ninety day carbonation bundle. They have the SodaStream Courier C O two U R I E. No, no, but but how like does a unicorn bring it to you? Does does one, the, one of the, the one of the Amazon drones? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> one, again, of, one of but, the uh, one of the the Rivian um, Amazon trucks. I've only ever seen two of those in real life, but they. You know, they me, me, cool. me too. Maybe I've seen the same the same two as you. They've allegedly <laughs> um, one one in Potrero Hill and then one in San Diego. That's that's basically it. 
They've apparently delivered like 5,000 of those now. I just saw a headline about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, I, I refute that this actually saves anything because, again, you have to drive to go get the car- the cartridges or the UPS van is bringing... It's just, it's, it is not carbon neutral. It, it's well, so I guess maybe to conclude, this segment is still or sparkling. I'll, I'll hit you with, a, I guess, a hot take from my end, but it's, it's not a hot take, which is... Pretty much all sparkling water is good. Like I, I love sparkling water. So mm-hmm. you know, there there are some that I prefer over others. But I mean, even you know, that's that's even Spindrift. The... Put a can in front of put in front of me. Like that, that's that's fine. No, but that's that's kind of like the approach where people say like all like there's no such thing as bad pizza. Oh yes, there is. Oh Same no, no, there's there's water. there's bad pizza, but um, sparkling water. If it's if it's woefully undercarbonated, which you'll run into sometimes, that that would be maybe the one exception to my statement that all you know carbonated water is good but other than that i mean i'm pretty easygoing with carbonated water I- yeah. again except for limoncello lacroix no good mm-hmm. all right a couple of the quickies uh this is actually maybe i'm gonna pull forward a chef special there's something that was on on sale at the whole foods recently that uh I- i've been looking for substitutes to the so We've we've talked at length that my my sleep schedule has uh, opportunity, and sometimes I do not wake up early enough to either either to make my own coffee and then like the, the way the sliding scale goes depending on how much how much I overslept is don't have time to make my own coffee, don't have time to do the pre order and go to the blue bottle coffee that's two blocks from my house, or the one where I just literally have to have like the the La Colombe canned coffee and then just run out the door while I'm sipping that. <laughs> And I've been looking for something better because they have the they have like the draft latte thing that I think you've tried, right? The the the, the La, you, La Cologne one. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I, I I went. I'm sure you've had those. I went. You had, a, went you had a phase where you, the, you yeah for like six months, and then you got burned out. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So the draft lattes were were fine, and then they made an oat milk variant, and I I was kind of into that one, but it had not an amazing aftertaste. Um. And also that one only came in a double shot equivalent of caffeine, whereas the draft latte was a triple shot. So that one had the equivalent of like two and a half cups of coffee. And that's kind of what, what I need to be willing to entertain the idea of doing things throughout the day. Yep. But now I, I have, I, I have a new favorite, um, like pre-made coffee thing. Mm. So it is the, uh, stump town Oatly cold brew i'm trying to type this as a google uh blend and it is as of the time of this recording uh on sale for half price at the whole Foods, so you can get it for 250 instead of five dollars a thing which five dollars feels a lot like it's that's pretty pricey for an 11 ounce beverage i'll send you a link to put in the show notes but the reason i bring this up like i, I think this is good and um i talked about you had been a holdout or you were you were surprisingly anti oat milk anything for a while and you had mentioned that your opinion on that had evolved a little bit i want to pull that apart uh n- not not anti no just had never really had never really tried any sort of alternative milks i mean maybe i had almond milk at some point years ago but but i guess i guess the question is because it's become so common it it has to man- have mass- manifested itself in some type of hesitancy uh, I, right. I I don't I don't know about hesitancy. Just like I I I know I like regular milk, and I, I mean I I generally don't order 
coffee beverages with with any kind of milk so there's not really even a lot of opportunities for me to you know experiment with different milks but in the event that i ordered a you know a latte or something i would i would usually just stick to to regular milk but that um Hmm. that changed with me a little while ago when um Starbucks came out with um, these like shaken iced espressos. I'm sure you're familiar with these. Is this the Shakerado? <clears throat> um, or did I just make that up? The Shaker the, the Shakerado is something that's um uh, that's Blue Bottle that you're thinking of that which is which is really really good. Um, I can't I can't believe I didn't talk to you about that when I saw you last week. I discovered that recently too, and it's it's excellent. Um, but no, it was Starbucks. I got into ordering the the shaken iced espressos because like lattes for me a lot of times like have too much milk and not enough coffee and the the well but the shaken iced espressos are great because it's it's like it's mostly coffee with like a little bit of milk so can i give you two points of clarification on that and this is maybe becomes this not sorry not like this this is something that you probably also realized when you have like embarked on your home barista journey which is that uh whether you order like a small or a large latte at a place, the same amount of coffee goes in. Like literally all you're doing is adding more milk. Yeah. Like you're not suddenly getting like a triple or a quadruple shot. Like, right. So at that point, just order a small latte. Like, yeah. And, that, and that, yeah. That, that will fix your coffee ratio. Because that is one thing that I, like when I started making at home, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like the fact that I was not getting more caffeine by ordering a large latte. I was just eating, I was just now getting more of like my adult, like, bottle like it it, it's just anyway it's it yeah well the the shaken ice espressos are nice because i think there's even less milk in those than like a like a small latte or tall latte i guess in starbucks parlance but in any case um i for a while just got you know the regular like version that it you just had like milk and espresso but -hmm. then they at some point came out with a with an oat milk based one and I don't know. I just was like, well, yeah, I guess I'll <clears throat> I'll try it. And it ended up really, really liking it, like to the point where um, I started making them at home a bit, too. Like I just, you know, get some some oat milk from Costco. Um, yeah, I, I think like the, the flavor for me is is like somewhat similar to like regular milk, especially when it's like mixed with coffee and stuff. And it, it seems like maybe it's a little bit like easier on my stomach so you know hmm. i can't like i don't say like it's not like i you know wildly prefer it to to regular milk but it's it's you know it, it's good it's good yeah and i think you should probably like again I, are um, you ever like are you a midday coffee person ever well i i want to be but i have come to find that like a 2 p.m coffee for me starts to get really dangerous with sleep so, um, mm. as much as I, as much as I'd like an afternoon coffee, I usually try, um, not to, but I think one area where you and I diverge is that I'm, I'm all about, um, iced coffees, like even first thing in the morning. So I, I would it, have it, one of these, uh, Stumptown things, like even, you know, first thing in the morning. Yeah, like it varies. Like that, that was gonna be my point, which is that maybe just next time you're at Target or Whole Foods, go get yourself just like a standard thing of um, Oatly or as I think I put in the in Slack, uh, Minor Figures Barista Blend is a, is a very good, easily frothable uh, oat milk. But no, just make yourself uh, a small iced latte and use oat milk as the 
as like the dairy part and just uh, try that like at 11 30 a.m i'm sure you have a grand old time i do um i do like stumptown coffee so i'm i'm excited to to try um this thing out yeah like no it's 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 super good low low sugar um, as advertised right on the uh, packaging but what does that mean yeah, it's, what is, what is it's, low it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's 11 grams i don't love it but it mm, but it's it's fine okay. it's low's doing a little bit of work there but okay mm-hmm yeah, it's, uh, it's carbon neutral. <laughs> it's good for the planet. Uh, <laughs> why is why is there an exclamation mark after Oatly? Is there a, is there a story behind that, or am I overthinking that? Uh, it, this is the brand. Mm-hmm. It's it's for people who believe in the post milk generation. Oat, oat oat milk doesn't really seem like something to exclaim about, but again, uh, people maybe, are very maybe I'm people it. people are very uh, intense about their alternative milks. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you get canceled if you want soy milk these days. So yeah. Oh, is soy milk? Did that? Because that was like, wasn't that the original <laughs> kind of like? I don't know. Am I, am no. I going down the wrong path here? No, I was going to make a joke that was very much not appropriate. So we'll move <laughs> on. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Last bit or two things, and then I promise this will actually make sense in a second. Where is my other link? Um. There's a uh, there's a podcast that I like that I, I think I've talked about it a number of times that called uh, Hills I Die On, and one of the recent episodes was that somebody had uh, I think it was like the hill they would die on is that Domino's Pizza is the best pizza, and yes, I've been to Italy. I thought that was a fun take, but the reason that's, I bring this up yeah, is that, that's really fun. Yeah, well, no, it is, and it's also like it's it's a it's a really good show. I, I I need to post about it once to talk to get people to listen to it because it's 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 very fun. But the reason I bring that up is that this this somehow does connect to Darth and Threads, but I'll I'll get there. Uh, Domino's one f- fast food's weird. We we've talked about that a lot, but apparently Domino's has something called loaded tots. Oh, which yeah, is, which this, looks as yeah, it looks as disgusting as as it sounds. And I I I do just have to bring this up because I respect Dom the heck out of Domino's because people will remember that like five years ago they ran that whole ad campaign that says hey you know what we actually do suck we are pieces of shit so let, let we're just gonna do a duo a corporate do over and we're gonna pretend that our pizza is good now. And I thought it was fine before, and I think it's fine now. It's I, it like again it's it, it's never been good. It still isn't good, but. It's like, it's kind of like, so sorry, Subway is bad, no matter what. It's always been bad. But Subway has like the whole thing where like they have like the bread exhaust. Like you just walk by a Subway and you're not, you're not, it's not appetizing, but it's certainly a smell. And that's kind of what I feel like Domino's is also, where it says like, this is what pizza smells like. It's not actually good pizza, but it's, it's the smell. Yeah. I I have a, I have a Domino's story that I feel like you would appreciate that also incorporates our favorite place, uh, Santa Barbara. Go for so it. senior year, I was uh, driving uh, back to Santa Barbara from home um, at the end of spring break, and um, was getting in uh, pretty pretty late. Uh, I got you know got back at I don't know nine or ten or something. So you know not not like a ton of um, not a ton of food options. And I go to the Isla Vista Domino's. And I, I guess I like wasn't in the mood for pizza, or maybe I was just weirdly curious to try these. But they—I don't know if they still sell these. I think they do. Um, like sandwiches, they were like these like melt mm-hmm. things. 
and they had a like chicken bacon ranch one, which I ordered. So you sounds like you're into it. And then um, didn't even take it home. Like you know, I, I don't know if you remember the the Domino's and IV, but they had a couple of little benches out front, like in the parking lot. So I sat oh, so sat out there at like you know ten thirty or whatever it was on one of these benches in the parking lot and ate one of these sandwiches that I, I think were like relatively new at the time. Um, it, it was like one of the worst things I've ever, ever eaten. It was so well, also, bad. It was no, so bad. This sounds like also just visually one of the most depressing. Like a, a cry for help. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, like, well, I mean, I was, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, college was a, um, was an up and down. A cry for carbs. But we don't, <laughs> we don't need to get into that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and also well i mean well because you have so many other options there, there's that there's that extremely mediocre burrito place nearby and there was also uh you could have gotten gone to woodstocks and gotten some wild bread well you know actually i think maybe one revision to the story here is i think it might have been junior year and not senior year and the reason that detail is important is because i think it was senior year where Domino's did the whole like hey, our pizza isn't terrible anymore and is actually really good because we, like, redid the crust and stuff. And I feel like that that was when people, like, really got into Domino's, including including myself. So I think well, I think the reason that I went for the sandwich that time was because that was the period of time where, like, Domino's pizza was, you know, not not the best. Wait, so I have to, I have to look this up. Hold on. What is the... That is, that timing actually looks right because I'm 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 looking this up and apparently 2009 the official name of the campaign was the Domino's Pizza Pizza Turnaround Marketing Campaign. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I remember all that. Yeah. And that's and also there are several other write ups like so the AV Club wrote the story behind Domino's Pizza's We're Sorry for Sucking ad campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yeah that was always a lot and like. Yeah, but it but it was true. I mean, the the pizza was well, but it was always, significantly it was well, but it was significantly better when they they did the whole refresh I'm, thing. I'm not sure it was ever that good. But there was a thing. <laughs> um, as somebody who I I'm you you watched Parks and Rec, right? Oh yeah. Like I, me and Ben Wyatt, we we know what's up in terms of calzones. But do you remember when Pizza Hut? So this is the kind of thing of like you were either when growing up you were either like a Coke or a Pepsi family or Alternatively, if you were, you were also sometimes maybe store brand cola family, and that's we were, we were for a, a while too. Sure, but yeah. What were were you guys a what what pizza were you a Pizza Hut or a Domino's family, we, or were you like a ritzy lamppost pizza or round table pizza family? Uh, very very occasionally we would do a lamppost, but no, we were mostly a Pizza Hut family. Yeah, so Pizza Hut had for a very limited time a thing called the Pazone. Mm. and that mm-hmm. was kind of my gateway into really really shitty calzones but it, it was that it was that uh kernel of knowledge that this could actually be good and yeah no no yeah fast food fast food's a minefield people will remember that subway had something called the flatiza <laughs> it was a flatbread I... pizza from a place that makes shitty sub sandwiches it was it was like eight different kinds of wrong and disingenuousness but that's kind of what you expect from subway the thing that I really liked at Pizza Hut, and I, I was a total redheaded stepchild in my family because, you know, I, I liked pineapple, which, you know, 
none of my Canceled. Or pineapple on my pizza, which you know none of my other family members did. And the other thing that I really liked, which also nobody else in the family really cared cared for, was I think Pizza Hut was like the first one that did this. They did the like the stuffed crust thing where there's you know, like cheese in the crust, so it's like a like a mozzarella stick as a crust. Famously and I, advertised by our former president. Uh huh. <laughs> and I I really really liked that so that, that that was part of the reason why i would always prefer pizza hut is i i think all the other pizza places started doing that at some point too but pizza hut was yeah. i think the first to, to do that and i i really liked that that was always that that was oh man this is can, hmm. and then a, a guilty pleasure i i have a sad thing to share about this okay I, I, there's technology stuff to talk about right uh, um, maybe so yeah so i remember trying that and it was super gross but can, have we, we've talked about it on the show not just privately that i hate birthdays and i all i ever want is to be left alone on my birthday That's i i don't fair, i don't right? re, i don't recall if you've mentioned that on the show you've mentioned you mentioned it to me privately but yeah now you mentioned it on the show so there we go i will i will bring up once that because i hate my birthdays uh, at one point in time on a birthday maybe uh seven years ago do you remember pizza hut had a thing and also pizza Hut's not really a thing in the bay area not not really no um so there was a thing where pizza hut i think in like 2014 made a pizza that the crust was uh all like pigs in a blanket they did i do remember that Mm -hmm. um so it was very well it was a very nice gesture but also on, on a day that i hate remembering each year uh somebody got me a that pizza and it was the uh nicest but also maybe saddest thing ever mm-hmm. in my life i don't mm-hmm. yeah also in looking oh man oh hold on. copy image address but this... I, I, I have a, Did... i have a lot of questions about um hot dogs you can always... from pizza hut like the pizza i'm sure i can go find it in apple photos but i i won't bother but like it did not look like this promo picture <laughs> if i'm sure it didn't yeah uh, like the the, the the yellow mustard dipping sauce is kind of a kind of a nice touch. Yeah, I do not think there was flaky, like <laughs> ballpark salt on on this. But anyway, the, yeah, <laughs> this was a lot. Also, uh, this uh, this Halloween, I do strongly rec- this. This is apropos of nothing, but specifically as a recommendation for you, I think you and your family should do. I, I like making uh, like elevated. So there's a thing. There's a recipe that was on like. I have no idea where, but you can make uh what, what they call it? like um mummy dogs. Are you yeah. familiar with this? I I am. Yeah. yeah, I actually just saw um a thing. I don't know if it was in the the actual like uni app or if it was online or something, but a thing about people making uh those in their their uni, which I I think maybe oh, like, maybe this next Halloween I'll do. Like again, I'm in my mid thirties and I am apparently also six. But like you, but it, it is very much fun, and I think y- you with uh, a three and a half year old, four year old would, would have have a ton of fun. Yeah, uh, making mummy dogs. Agreed. Um, I was saying earlier that my my guilty pleasure not not it not anymore, but um, years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is uh, I don't know if it was like DiGiorno or like what the brand was but like one of the frozen pizza makers they 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 did a stuffed crust thing which not quite as good as Pizza Hut but like really close and you know I would eat well 
basically the entire the entire thing in one of those. And that was a that was a good Saturday night. Um, again, a bo- very boring person, as as mentioned earlier. Um, sorry, please please hold for time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if, DiGiorno... if, if, you need, if you need a minute to gather yourself, that's fine. No, no, it's I'm trying to look something up in real time. <laughs> um, this this actually brings up two things. One, because I, I I know oddly a lot about Canada. Um, do you know what uh, DiGiorno is called in Canada? I don't, but I would love to know. Uh, Delicio pizza but anyway excellent yeah like that. somebody on reddit i i remember this so vividly and is, oh, is, is reddit like, is reddit still a thing uh, kind of unfortunately our protest didn't work but oh DiGiorno, yeah. oh no <laughs> so, DiGiorno <laughs> used to have a thing so they gave you both like <laughs> yeah they gave you frozen pizza and in the same box just because <laughs> here's the thing about uh, why why america's fucked up is that all our food comes from like four mega corporations that all make the same shit and that's why um you don't realize that kfc taco bell and pizza Hut are all the same company right so yeah. DiGiorno, which i think is owned by nestle maybe uh which is evil that's for in its own ways that seems and to owns, seems to check out based on this and thing. owns 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 blue bottle of course um oh, I, for- I forgot about that You're yeah, right. that's, yeah that's why i always get that's what like i always get uh bummed out whenever i do not wake up early enough and i do have to go to blue bottle um yeah they 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 make pete they did a combo some, some people in biz dev got together and they <laughs> managed to combine brands between toll, toll house cookies and DiGiorno pizza and they had a combo pack of DiGiorno pizza and cookies and then somebody on the internet did did not read the instructions or was just being glib and um yeah put put the cookies on the pizza mm-hmm. yeah that yeah hmm. i mean the sweet reason... sweet and salty is like kind of a thing i you know maybe this person's on to something no I, I think state bird provisions does that better so, <laughs> yeah there's there's a way to do it elevated without actually literally just putting the cookies on the pizza <laughs> anyway the brings i brought up all that up this 35 minute conversation was to talk about threads um they call that a long con Darth refuses to join threads. Uh, so really? Darth, who who I feel like would be very much into loaded tots. Darth deleted his, uh, he used to be on, on Instagram. He used to be Insta Darth. And then there was some blow up where like Facebook was being pretty shitty. Yeah. And then he, he deleted his account. But this was back in like 2018 when Twitter wasn't owned by human trash. So he is still on Blue Sky which I can't get mm. an invite for. And also I don't really care anymore, but like I do, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, it sucks that threads is, is popping off and, but I, but the Darth is a voice that is missing in that. And that like, while I'm very happy to, oh, well, let's, just, let's just get into it. That, that was the whole point of this, which is that, do you want to talk about threads real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So threads is, I'm not gonna call it meta. Facebook has introduced, on an accelerated timeline, their uh, Twitter competitor, which they were like a while ago, like in March, they started saying they they were hinting at like, hey, we're going to make something that's maybe kind of like a text based extension of Instagram that's going to be based on the activity pub standard from the was it the W3C, the whatever that standards body is. And that's what and activity pub is what Mastodon is based off of. And whenever you hear like some annoying nerd say Fediverse, that's 
that's what what they mean. So Threads is the first implementation of that that doesn't suck. Is that accurate? Maybe or do you or do you not wholly disagree with that? I I've never used Mastodon or any of the other like federated Twitter things, so I I can't really opine on like their quality, but. I don't know. I, I guess my takeaway from Threads is that it, it seems like the first one of those that has mass appeal. Like I know, like the, the best example for me is that my sister and the lady friend both, who I don't think actually ever even used Twitter, or if they did, mm-hmm. you know, only very you know lightly. Like yeah, th- they're both on Threads and using it, which you know <laughs> would never be the case with something like Mastodon or Blue Sky. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing where when Twitter start, I think this is like a broader um, story in social overall, but like you in the heyday, back when Twitter was kind of like unproblematic and, and you can, any, anybody can read into that whatever they want it to be. And they, I'm sure if you asked five random people, they would all have different points in time of when they think Twitter kind of stopped being like a force for good or something that most people enjoyed. But like when, when did you check out of Twitter or what was your off ramp or what was kind of, when did you become like disenchanted with it or did it was too much mental energy or work for what it was or you weren't like, yeah, when, when did you check out? I stopped using it sometime, I think relatively shortly before third party clients were, shut off because i remember when that happened thinking like well i'm glad i'm already off twitter so this kind of doesn't really doesn't really impact me so I, I must have been off you know like a couple of months before that happened so when it, whenever whenever that was and for long time listeners we will uh bring up the fact that you there was a running joke where you would say you were off twitter uh like every three months and you were very much still on twitter <laughs> but well, well yeah i mean like i um and that that's maybe what we'll get into with the threads thing is like i mean i i was like addicted is probably too strong of a word but i i, I spent way 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 too much time on on twitter and and now in retrospect would be kind of the you know the first to admit that and i would say that's sort of my hesitancy about something like threads is that not using Twitter anymore has actually been overall like a like a kind of a positive thing for me. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, re- regardless of quality or mass appeal or like whatever, I'm I'm not necessarily looking for something to replace Twitter in my life. But I guess when you when you found that Twitter was maybe not the same like the signal versus the noise or just like what you weren't getting out of it, what you maybe previously were getting, like, I guess like what changed about the discourse or what made it that way? Because for a long time, you probably enjoyed it a lot and got use out of it. Well, I mean, nothing really changed about the the service. It, it was just Elon and I just got off of it. I mean, I had oh, a very, so- I had a very tightly curated, um, list of folks that i followed i was using a third-party client so i i always had access to the you know reverse chronological uh feed so like the the my experience never really changed right up to when i stopped using it i just you know made the decision to to stop using it not for quality of service reasons but for 
I guess, management reasons. Yeah. Um, I think I had gotten off of it maybe a year before you, like I just, it was becoming gradually less rewarding. And then eventually I uninstalled it from my phone and then I stopped checking it in the browser. And then eventually it was down to just every once a week, I would go to twitter.com slash Darth and I would just kind of see what, what's up there. And that was, that was pretty much it. But you know, eventually like the, the one, it wasn't just the management changes and the fact that the sh- service got shittier. It w- it was kind of the whole thing of like, just the community aspect like it is it, it it got it got worse and meaner and bad but oh it, it got real really got accelerated when uh elmo bought it and that's it just every everything everything's bad now so anyway, <clears throat> anyway so uh facebook decided they wanted to make a twitter adjacent product and i guess like i will just briefly recap what got bad about twitter recently so one uh a billionaire megalomaniac that didn't that that made a joke and th- pretended he wanted to buy a thing that he didn't actually want to buy got forced by a court to or almost got forced to buy the thing that he didn't want to buy and now he's a company that's over leveraged and is distracting him from the one thing he was actually good at uh which is being a shitty manager at a car company run by successful people that actually make something that's moving the planet forward and that's being set back by the fact that he is on this whole free free speech mission and bought a company to do that. But every his whole thing was that he wanted to transform the company from being this thing that was overly heavily moderated against the uh, free speech types. And so therefore, he was going to make this company like the bastion of free speech, and he was going to do that by just making subscriptions the main thing. They wouldn't be beholden to advertisers, and everything was going to be amazing. And then he laid off two-thirds of the company and brought back all the bad voices and just everything kind of got off the rails and as as one would imagine advertisers didn't come back and the service has gotten kind of lousier overall but the thing that brings us all back to facebook and threads is that were you at, at tangentially aware of the whole like rate limiting thing like i know you wouldn't have experienced it yourself but like did that story bubble up into your field of view it did yeah like that was a weird thing where one it was either like there's the whole thing of like uh, that the new management elon was has been like choosing to not pay certain contractors or cloud hosting providers and stuff like that so there was there were questions of whether or not like so there were there were rate limits that were imposed on how many tweets people could see and this was like two weekends ago. And they had a thing where, one, if you were a logged out... So I, I don't use Twitter. I'm never logged into it. So whenever I want to see a tweet, like sometimes there'll be a thing linked on TechMeme. And I'll click on it. And as a logged out user, I can see what that is. But they had made it so that if you were logged out, you can't... It, it forces you to log in. So there was no way to interact with Twitter unless you were an active logged in user. And then on top of that, they made it so that if you are... a unpaid like if you're not subscribed to the fake checkmark twitter blue eight dollar a month thing you could only see i think 600 tweets a day and if you were a twitter blue subscriber you could see like maybe like five thousand. it was really it was really dumb and weird and this was uh because the because elmo said that there were like ai language model training bots that were scraping the site and that's why they were doing it and there were competing theories that this was because 
Twitter released a bad software update that was causing the service to do a denial service attack against itself. It, it was all very stupid. But anyway, the whole point of this is that this one alienated the people that one either were just power users and used it for free or people who were paying and still couldn't see what they wanted to see and that anybody who was linked to a tweet couldn't see it because they were prompted with a login thing. So this was something that caused Facebook to dramatically accelerate their plans to create a Facebook competitor. And they announced and released Facebook threads on, I actually think, did did this launch the, the day the last time we saw each other? I think yeah, so, so came, like maybe came, the day before or something, yeah. Yeah, so this came out on Wednesday the 5th, and it was gaining millions of users by the hour, where after being live for three days, I think it reached 100 million registered and signed, active, not active users, well, I mean, active in the sense that it's only been around for a week, but yeah, like, it's it's the fastest, most downloaded app to ever reach that level of new users ever. And I find this interesting for a lot of reasons. And I, I, I want your take on just kind of what this is overall. But I do think the point that you made earlier makes a ton of sense, which is why this is kind of a unique moment in social media, which is that you have all these people that are frustrated with Twitter or looking for a place that's not... Like, I feel like if you're continuing to use Twitter, you kind of are making a statement about kind of what you believe. And, and that's maybe not entirely fair. But there's a lot of people who are looking for an off-ramp who still want kind of that social media experience, but don't want it to be run by the piece of shit. But then there's also people who are just random Instagram users who would maybe never have thought about using something like Twitter. And if it's if they have a thing where people are signing up for this thing and all I have to do is use my Instagram login and I can have this experience that has kind of a built-in audience and that it's super easy to follow all the people that I already have some type of connection with on Instagram. That is compelling to both the people who are fleeing existing social media platforms and also people who are maybe curious about it, but never really wanted to do that. So that's the part where I do think just threads in general is actually a very, very interesting concept and like caught lightning in a bottle at the right moment due to so many unforced errors and also just kind of a bad dude and the way that social media and the internet is kind of like fracturing itself in this whole like everybody's got to make money environment like it's just it's a very interesting time and i'm very curious as to kind of how where where it goes from here yeah i think um the big question around it it isn't necessarily it's, you know, sort of like addressable audience. I mean, the fact that if you're an Instagram user with, you know, a quick download of an app, you can be a threads user and not even have to re-log in or anything. But, you know, we'll have to see what the what the staying power of it is. So that that's just, <clears throat> you know, something that we won't won't know for um for a while. The other thing with threads though with me just like personally is even if I was looking for a Twitter alternative, like thread threads at least as it is now wouldn't wouldn't be for me because I... the the very specific thing with Twitter for me what was that reverse chronological feed. Like for me, Twitter was a way to keep up with, you know, the the things that I was interested in and kind of the main headlines of the day throughout the day. 
and the whole algorithmic timeline thing that threads has i i just i just don't think that's for for me like, i just don't think that's th the way that i would want to use a service like that so so i think that's entirely fair but i think you are in the tiny 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 minority i, 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 I agree about that yeah i, I agree but, and also but but also like adam asterius is mentioned that like that that is coming like there, there's several chain like again this is a product that is maybe was probably only about 60 percent built but then like you gotta strike while the iron's hot and while some schmuck is flailing and you just, you just gotta go for it but like i i don't think most people care about that but they have said that a feed that explicitly only shows people that you follow and also because that is my one complaint is that i'm having to hide in a, a lot of like just general interest and meme accounts and stuff like that that i don't actually care about and also seeing something that's just kind of a a, a strict um uh reverse chron re reverse chronological timeline is is something that is desirable and i get that so so that that point makes sense and also i i assume the fact that it doesn't have a um mostly i mean i'm I think it's probably more of like a John Syracuse type thing, but do you care that it doesn't have like a desktop app? No, I, I don't. Or, or I a don't desktop, really... like or, or like a web browser thing? No, I don't, I don't really care so much about any of that. And I, I think from like a user experience perspective, it, it's perfectly fine. It, it's just the idea of scrolling down through stuff that I don't know who it's going to be from and in what kind of order it's going to be in like that that to me just feels very like i don't know kind of chaotic and i and i totally get like i mean that that's what instagram is but like instagram being kind of a photo based thing that that i don't use for news or anything like that like that mm -hmm. that's fine but for a twitter like service where I'm using it, you know, really for the purpose of like keeping up with the day's news and for getting the people who I like and respect like their opinions on that news. That's hard to do with with the way that it's set up now. Yeah, that that's that's entirely fair. Um Yeah, like the reason I'm I'm so like have you have you spent much time on it? I spent a little bit of time on it, yeah. And I, I think, or I guess, have, I, you, have, I, you, I, have I, you tried? Have you tried to recreate the like follow the people that you used to follow? Like, have you looked for like, hey, is the, are these core people that I used to follow on Twitter here? No, I not not really. And then again, because I'm not, I'm not really looking to replace Twitter. If if I was, that's that, that's that was actually probably, probably the first thing I would do, but. That's probably really healthy of being like, hey, actually, this thing hasn't been a part of my life in like two to three years, and I'm okay with that. Maybe like not try to find a substitute for this drug again is actually probably pretty healthy. Yeah, like I, w I would say that the the thing that I could use threads for today, which I haven't really had the like opportunity to yet, is the, the one thing that I do miss Twitter for is like if there's a specific you know news event that's happened. And there's a specific person who I'm interested in, you know, seeing their, their opinion take, on, yeah. um, you know, that that would be a really good use for Twitter. And I could do that now in threads, not as easily mm -hmm. as I could have done so in Twitter, but I, I could do that, that now in threads, I guess. And so that, mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the way that I'll use it. But like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I already, <laughs> I already waste enough time on the internet 
And so the idea of having another app where I can just sort of like endlessly scroll but, through a bunch of random stuff. But like, where, where are you wasting time on the internet? If you're not on Twitter, like where, where, yeah, where are you wasting your time? Well, ironically, like Instagram, I, I probably spend way too much time on that. Um, you never post. Uh, um, I know. I, I, I kind of want to change that, but, um, um, yeah, I, I look, I look <laughs> at Instagram a lot. Um, well, you know, you know me, Carlos, I'm, I'm a big RSS feeds guy, so I'm spending a but lot that's, of time. But that's not, that's not reader. wasting time on the internet. That's, that's looking at, that's looking well, at the news. Well, I mean, it's looking at a bunch of like tech news and news that one could probably argue well, also we certain, could we isn't super important but we've covered this i don't i don't understand why you're so prejudiced against tech meme but honestly you could get all of the stuff that you probably spend an hour website. in yeah but it tells you everything you need to know in 45 seconds reader reader is ugly rss oh, how, is ugly how, how dare you anyway but you're, I guess you're, my, you're, my, you're the you're the reason i use rss what, because I showed it to you 15 years ago? In Net, Net Newswire on your 17-inch MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, again, With your, you... uh, what, what was the... Um, Max didn't have PC... Was it PCI? Oh, what, the... What was the acronym? Uh, PCMCIA. PCMCIA. Yeah, but they had... But the MacBook Pro had express, express card. card slots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what anyway, it was. Yeah. You, had a, you had a cellular express card slot. Well, yeah, but also... but Which, but which only worked sucks. in some of the lecture halls, but... Yeah, but RSS sucks. Like, my whole thing about this is that I do the the thing I like about Threads, which is why, and I'm not like addicted to it at all. Like, because it's it's honestly it's not there yet. But I'm I'm still like a weekend checking it a few times a day. Like, it has like I forgot how much. It's a friend of the show, whether he knows it or not. Uh, Aaron Levy, uh, the CEO, maybe still of Box, the the basically Dropbox for business mostly. He is the other than Darth, the funniest person on Twitter. And it's just so nice to be able to see him and Joanna Stern and like, just like, the, like there's like, it felt like it, uh, threads still currently has the feeling of like early Twitter or Twitter before it became like, everything's either like alt-right or like ultra progressive, like where it wasn't just kind of like just super hard edged political, everything. And it could just be some guy making making jokes about like it's just it's 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 nice currently. I would strongly recommend maybe enjoying it before it becomes like shitty in a month. Like I don't I don't think it's gonna become bad in the same way that Twitter's bad, but I do think eventually there'll be like just too many people where you just won't be able to see those funny jokes. Like what is the uh, let me go back to the thread. I think there's been a few things in here. Um. Oh, actually, this brings up several points. Oh, so sorry, there's a few things here. So one, um, well, no, like there was just a, like there was like this th thread that I screenshot here, where it's just like like John Gruber made a really again he's he's lacking on good takes recently, but he had like an interesting one about kind of like why was this uh, a separate app when there's so many like other like small apps, and like uh, Aaron Levy had like a really good point of like just like it doesn't always work well to try to break everything out. And he had just like a good joke about like, hey, does anybody want to talk about enterprise software? It's just, it's just stuff like that because he has, of course, the, the world's funniest famous tweet, which is that if you put enough enterprise software ads in a in one place, a airport forms around them. Like it's just again, he's just a very funny guy. Mm -hmm. But it's just stuff like that where it's it's a nice place right now if you find the right people to follow. 
but the one thing I will bring up from like, cause I, there, there's that whole thing where people, where people think it's uh, funny or sting to talk about which for which number user they were. And I will say I, I joined in the her, first 150,000 people. Wow. Not, not to brag. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. But, but the, the, the thing that's fun is that, and I think this is the thing where we'll, we'll round this out by just explaining why Mastodon is never going to attract any users. And it's kind of a dead end, which is that, from the first minute I joined, like there was content from like an official verified NBA account. Like it had enough like guardrails where you could see familiar stuff immediately. And Facebook did the work to get those people onboarded from minute one, where the anybody who joins is going to see something they might want to engage with. And that's a thing that's never going to happen on Mastodon. Like that's the thing where like everybody's like, "Oh, well you just you you so sure, Twitter sucks, let's all flee, let's let's all move up, let's all migrate to Mastodon." What is Mastodon? Mastodon is like the Linux of like social networking. Like you go, you 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 hear about it, you're like, "Oh, this might be cool." The very first thing that you see is somebody's telling you which server do you want to sign up for? Okay, well, let me go to mastodon.social. That's the one I've heard of. Oh, you're not a, you're not allowed to sign up for that one. You have to go pick a different one. Like, no, I, I is the New York Times even on Mastodon? Like, there's just so much stuff that is crufty and hard and has it. It like again, it, it's it's like Linux where you just have to like it's like you have to pick drivers for your social networking. Like, it's just not a fun experience. Whereas Threads from minute one is kind of like a Mac where you plug in your printer. And it works. Like mm-hmm. you want to go see, does ESPN have have something on here? It's there. When I signed when I signed up for Threads, I had completely forgot that Taylor Swift was going to release her next re-recorded album two days later. And yeah, I, one of the first things I saw was the Hollywood Reporter, their official account, saying that that was coming out. Like it's stuff like that where it's a very pleasant and familiar experience, and it's kind of a jumping-off point from there. And that goes to not even to the point which is that. It piggybacks on the existing Instagram social network, which is the one product that Facebook has that people kind of really willfully turn a blind eye to the fact that it's owned by Facebook and that everybody's just kind of okay with it. Like, even though like Facebook is where boomers go to get their fake news, but everybody likes Instagram and you sign up, you download threads. It's like, oh, you're already logged in Instagram. Awesome. Do you want to import your name and your profile picture and your URL? Awesome. Do you want to follow everybody you already know on Instagram? Great. Have we even told you to consider the fact that the people that you follow on Instagram might not want to be the people that you see text posts from? Who even knows? It doesn't matter, but it's just such a welcoming experience that is just so difficult for Twitter to compete with. Anyway, I'm I'm on the camp that I hope Twitter dies a painful death and that it goes away very, very soon because that'll be better for society. So, yeah. Yeah, we we agree on that for sure. Um I mean, there, there's no question that Threads is is you know gonna be a thing like compared to Mastodon, but you know still questions about its impact on Twitter like that. That's what we'll have to kind of see um, long long term. Here's my my last twenty second thing on Twitter. Like, is that the 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 thing of like of what's gonna be the death of Twitter is if all like the normies leave. Like the whole, like people have right, all been bemoaning right. the fact that like Elon is rolling out the red car- carpet for with like the free speech banner of like people who were 
previously suspended or saying questionable or like possibly like hate-filled things. But like once you eventually stop having like the normal content and that like some NBA player is not they're they're going to threads first to post their stuff. Like once the news and, and just like the people that you want to follow aren't there anymore and all you're left with is all the people talking about like Ron DeSantis, like just that's when it dies. Right. And that's that's what I'm eagerly waiting for. Or it's like it's like the thing where, you know, every advertisement ends and like, you know, well, it's, it's follow, all follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And it's like if that, you know, if oh, that totally. becomes threads instead of Twitter like that. That's that's the game over. Point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, Perfect. OK. All right. So a couple of quickies. Let's I think we have a lot of stuff that we can just blaze through. Um, <clears throat> what, what's a good palate cleanser? Because I've been talking a lot. Actually, well, let me let me let me uh, let me kick this back to you for a bit. So why uh, this still ends up talk, going back to Elon a lot, though. So while we were gone, the entire EV charging industry yeah. switched from uh, CCS to it's basically like it was the first thing was I post was was Ford or GM first? Ford no, Ford, Ford was first. Yeah. So I put. Did we talk about this on the show, or we, we has it did. been this long? Yeah, no, we, okay. we did. Yeah, and then I then I posted that oh, Chevy was also on board, and that Volvo was, and then Rivian, and then pretty much everybody decided, okay, we're all we all decided we're done with CCS, and we're all gonna use the Tesla standard, which is called NAX, NACS, something like that. But yeah, pretty much everybody all at once said that hey, basically every car that's gonna be released a year from now is gonna have the Tesla plug. Yep, and that. That those dominoes fell really, really fast. <clears throat> really, really fast. Yeah, when Ford announced what they were doing, it, it was pretty obvious that you know there was a chance that other manufacturers would would follow suit. But you kind of figured if that was going to be the case, it was something that would happen, you know, over over time. But you know, literally in the, I, I think the timeline here is that Ford announced it a couple of days before the last time that we recorded, which was about a month ago. And, you know, since that time, so in the intervening, like, four or five weeks, it's it's been, you know, literally every other major car manufacturer, along with all of the other major um, charging networks, have all announced that that they're going to adopt NACS. And so the, the timing of that is is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, <clears throat> there There is, I, th- I feel like there it's being viewed as like a single story but i actually do feel like there's there's really two important parts to it it's like the the first part which is probably the easier part to talk about which is just just like the plug itself right like the the nacs plug which is like the tesla plug that you know that's been open sourced like that's i think that's pretty self-explanatory like evgo electrify america anybody who makes like a home charging solution like whatever like you can you can use that that plug type and that's that's what everybody's going to do now so like the fact that essentially every car manufacturer here in the u.s and and every charging station now is going to have one universal plug type you know there's like the USB-C of like of ev charging now like that's that's great um and that, that you know there's really no i don't know what the hot take would be that that's like a bad thing uh um, well i think it's in the show notes <laughs> well no but the, i think i think that's that's more the second thing so that the mm-hmm. second thing to all of this, and this relates more to obviously not the 
the charging networks that have announced NACS support, but the car manufacturers. So like when, when they've all come out and made these announcements, they're actually announcing two things. One is they're announcing that they're adopting NACS as their, as their charging standard. Okay, fine. But the second thing that they've been announcing is that they've partnered with Tesla to get access to the supercharger network. And that's that's not the same thing. You could you could ha- you could theoretically have a car that's got the NACS plug that doesn't necessarily or isn't necessarily compatible with the supercharger network. Like you could, you know, plug in one of these cars, but if you know, there's not an agreement between that car manufacturer and Tesla, a supercharger is not necessarily going to work. And so that that's the more complicated part about this, which is the fact that you know, obviously, like by far and away, I mean, really, maybe the only charging solution that supports, you know, NACS now outside of like Tesla home chargers is is the supercharger network. And so, you know, to bring it full circle back to the previous conversation, you're going to end up with the dominant player here with public charging being run by, you know, a, an overall terrible person. And so that's, that's going to be something that's got to get kind of sorted out. I mean, the thing that gives me some hope is that, you know, with with other charging providers like EVgo and Electrify America all adopting one standard now, hopefully they'll they'll get better because I mean, obviously as chronicled on this show, those charging experiences are pretty poor and that it's not it's not just about the plug type so oh no it just well that's it's chiefly not about the plug type it's fact right they're all broken uh, right but, and I, I know it's not saying that you can answer specifically but this is a question that i had based on a article from the verge is that like the electricity like all the kind of like the the voltage and stuff is all like similar right like is is charge point and evgo and everybody going to be able to basically just like go through and replace cables it, is that it, it does yeah i actually I, I forget where i saw this but i saw it after you asked that question and it, it, it did make it sound like it's yeah it's not a it's not a huge switch yeah so i guess the whole point of this is that what sucks though so so if we step back a couple points and we think about you remember the thing where tesla was introducing well, this is like six months ago like they had a very limited number of superchargers that had like this weird like bolt-on that turned the nacs plug into a ccs the, plug the, the magic dock yeah yeah Wait, is that really what it was called uh-huh yeah okay, that sounds like very much like an apple no that, that, name, that's but, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of tesla's naming is very apple like but anyway mm-hmm. um but yeah anybody who like this sucks for everybody who has a car with ccs on it right because you're going to have so many. Because I, I assume there's also a reverse. Well, that it. Well, no, it's what Teslas have already had, which is that doesn't every Tesla ship with a thing where if you need to charge with a CCS plug, you can. There's like a little adapter thingy you just it, have to carry in the trunk with you. Actually, yeah. So there's there's actually three things that have all kind of come out. There's car manufacturers adopting NACS. There's car manufacturers getting access to the supercharger network for these new cars that have an NACS plug. And the third thing that everybody's announced is, is everybody's now coming out with a um, NACS to CCS adapter. And their their Tesla's the, made the other direction available for a while. Like you can convert a NACS plug to CCS, but now for GM, all these other car manufacturers, 
you know, because they've been selling cars with a CCS plug for a while now, they they don't want to tell the story of like, well, it's only our new cars that have access to the supercharger network. And so that they're all coming out with, with adapters to go that direction as well. That mm-hmm. that's actually not that the, the adapter parts, the easy part, the, the hard part, which, um, um, Oh gosh, help me out here with that, that really good YouTube video that you sent me of the Rivian truck parking at one of these Tesla yeah, yeah. stalls from the, from the, from the show. MKBHD. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, he, he was really smart to point out the, the, by far and away bigger reach. problem, which is, yeah, like the, the cables at supercharger networks are all set up with the assumption that the, the plug is located in the, you know, rear um, driver side of the vehicle, which, you know, is the case with all Tesla cars. But if you've got a, I don't know, Ford F-150 Lightning or a Rivian truck or whatever, where the plug is not there you can end up in this these weird situations where there's just like no way to to have the cable reach or in order to have the cable reach you've actually got to park like in the stall next to the one that you want to use and then be you know the jerk that's then using a plug from you know the stall next to you like that's the part that um i'm going to be really curious to see how that all like shakes out because like the adapter part is pretty easy to to retrofit but for you know all of these like mockies and f-150 lightnings and like all of these other evs that are you know being sold today with with ccs plugs that are allegedly going to have supercharger access like how's all that going to work logistically a lot a lot of questions about that well, the guy in charge of it is a pretty pretty smart dude. Well, and then yeah, and then that's the wild card going forward, right? Is like so all yeah, to, all of all of these, you know, business relationships seem like a happy story now, and they, and they probably will be for a while, but you know, what happens the first time that GM's CEO says something that Elon takes the wrong way or something? Like, you know, that's that's where I think it I think that's where it gets complicated and that's where i think it's it's still going to be critical that other charging networks you know get their get their act together like the idea that superchargers are going to be the thing that everybody relies on is not not where the ev market needs to end up like they need to standardize around a, a single plug which you know fortunately that's happened now but then the next thing that's got to happen is there have to be really good reliable easy to use charging networks that you know offer as good or even better of an experience that that superchargers do Mm -hmm. and you know hopefully hopefully the adoption of necs will help with that but it's not the it's not the end-all be-all do you have any ideas as to whether or not um or information on are they going to be building in anything into the car? Like, will there ever be a point where non-Teslas will have access to like the automatic billing part of it? Like, that, do do that? Yeah, no. It sounds like I mean, there hasn't been a lot of detail around that. Like, I know that I think Ford actually has is the one that's given like the most information, which is that you are like you're you'll, you'll plug into a supercharger, but then you will have to like open whatever like their my ford app or like whatever their app is and like basically 
initiate the charge from there. So it won't be exactly the same as Tesla where you just, you literally plug in and, and don't have to do anything else. Um, so I, I haven't seen anybody come out and say like, oh yeah, and, and we're going to offer the, um, the same, like, you know, plug it in and forget about it kind of experience that you get with, um, Tesla. Mm-hmm. All right. A couple of quickies. Um, well, see, in the month while being go- we've been gone, do you care or have any thoughts whatsoever on Apple Vision Pro, or are you willing to just let that story marinate until next year? Yeah, actually, I I don't. Thank God, I have been fast forwarding so hard through everything, every part of upgrade related to that. Not that not that I don't value their takes. It's just like it's not a product I'm interested in, and I don't the whole I theorizing about it for six months before it's actually out. Don't care. Um. One thing that's actually been so most of the Amazon Go stores in the Bay Area have closed. Actually, I think almost all of them. But when I was in Southern California, I we had talked about this a while ago, and I don't think it ever actually came up. But there's one in DC, and there's like two in Southern California. But the Amazon has stores called Amazon Fresh stores, which are not whole. They're like Whole Foods knockoffs. Um. But some of them use the Amazon Dash cart, and some of them have are basically like Amazon Ghost stores on steroids. Sorry, this is very out of the blue, but uh, while I was in Southern California, in Orange County and Huntington Beach, uh, they actually have one of those ones that's basically the size of a Whole Foods, but is the Amazon Just Walk Out technology inside like a proper supermarket-sized store. And I went to one, and it was... Very weird and also worked entirely as expected. Hmm. But I'm just I'm just very curious as to whether or not Amazon's actually going to ever can like do they think that's like a dead end strategy or was it just a proof of concept? Because like the Amazon Go store closures makes me think that they don't actually have their heart into this, but beyond that, I don't know what they're gonna do with Whole Foods stores beyond that. Because like it's it's a very weird experience, and they have Amazon Alexas every three aisles, and there were probably like a three to one ratio. Like like I think like there were only like six customers in the entire store, and I was one of them. And it wasn't, yeah. There's just a lot to, yeah. It it feels much more obvious and not as pleasant an experience as the Amazon go concept is. And yeah, I don't know. This felt, felt very weird. Like people have been complaining about whether or not the whole foods has, has seen the full Amazonification of that acquisition. And I'm actually not sure people want that to be fully realized because it's, it's, it's not an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they didn't, yeah. uh, we, we talked about this on the show there. The Amazon CEO came out like, six months ago saying retail still really important. It's a big part of our strategy. We, we think we've got this strategy figured out, but we're like not ready to talk about that yet. Well, no, but, but that's the thing where like, I don't know, like if you've been to orange County recently, but they like, they're actually like Amazon fresh stores are around a lot, but none of them except this one in Huntington beach and a few other ones are actually like the, this has 
like 6,000 cameras in like pressure sensitive aisles and we'll be able to like you scan in with a QR code type thing. And I just kind of, I don't really know what Amazon plans to do here. Cause, cause that was the weird thing of when you're inside the store is most of it was just Amazon employees shopping for people who placed an Amazon fresh order on the website. Like there was very few people actually like shopping and it just was, it was weird and didn't really make any sense. And I'm just not really sure the just walk out part of it actually scales in the way that they think it might. And if Amazon, like honestly, like you actually brought, you brought this up and this is not something that I think we're qualified talking to uh, talk about on the show, but you were bringing up the point that the corporate real estate market in the next like two to three years in terms of like what defaults and stuff like happened there. Like I can't imagine that they couldn't have negotiated better leases on Amazon go stores, which feel like a much more promising proof of concept or more effective use of this technology versus just having like just a weird bizarro grocery store that feels really sterile and kind of lame in orange county i don't know well i think i think the thing that amazon was conveying is that retail is important but that everything they've done up to this point including the amazon fresh stuff is is not is not what they see as necessarily the future going forward but well, but, but we but, don't know but, what the we don't know what that future is going to be well but it's clear that they don't know what the future is going to be because they they're so bad at it like did you did you uh did you ever visit an amazon four star store i think just with you that one time after um well, well no that was that WWDC was amazon or something. Books. so that was so in santana row they had amazon books no it, it was in, it was a four-star store because they had way had way more than books they, it was definitely a four-star store maybe but, it, but they, it was they, for they, sure I'm not sure it was, but it's it's okay. But then they had one in 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 Berkeley, and they had one in Corte Madera, and like they've closed all of those, and they were also very very shitty about the way that they closed all of them. They closed them with one day's notice and then fired everybody. But like Amazon has, but every time they've done a retail concept like that, like Amazon just doesn't understand what makes retail an inviting place. Like you either go like the full on Costco, like this is sterile and you're going to like it style approach, but everything's so cheap or you have to do like, you have to do something and Amazon just doesn't get it. Like, I think I've experienced all four of their retail concepts. Like I've, I've been to Amazon books. I've been to Amazon four star. I've done the Amazon go thing. I've tried this. Like none of them are really any good. Cause I don't think Amazon similar to the way that Apple doesn't understand social. Amazon doesn't understand why people like to shop like in an offline context. And I just don't know how they're ever going to get better at it. And also happy prime day. But like, it's just, I, yeah, they still don't. And they still haven't entirely ruined whole foods, but they're getting there. So I, 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 I don't know how that entirely plays out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, tried Dave's hot chicken. Uh, one and a half thumbs down. You are apparently a fan. I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It's fine. 
Yeah, people are people are um, very very excited about that place. One you know one opened near us, um, and yeah, I I I thought it I thought it was really good. Not not somewhere that I would go with any sort of regularity, but it's a, it a decadent. Decadent is probably the wrong word, but it's it's definitely rich. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's just there. It's that that type of heavy. It's a wreck your week sp- kind of meal. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but if, if, if people want to go, they, they, there's now one in uh, Nevada, California by the Costco. All right. Uh, very, uh, very, very happening. Um, no, no OPSEC here, but very, very happening shopping center between the, the Dave's I Hot Chicken so. and uh, Crumble. A lot, a, lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of exciting stuff happening there. I can't tell if you're joking. I, I'm not joking at all. It is a very, it is a very boring shopping center because the the it's mostly it has a Nordstrom rack, a Banana Republic factory, like it's it's a an outlet mall basically at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's, that that doesn't yep. speak to. But but it's but it's, a, it's got a a, sh- a shopping a area very, a shopping area that's got a Target, a Costco, a bunch of outlet shops, and a Crumble. Speak speaking my language. It's got it's got the bat it's got one of the worst targets in Marin County in, oh, in how, the Bay how, Area. How dare you? It's terribly laid out compared oh, to the Centerfell one. How dare you? It's a bad target. And we we do the drive up thing most of the time, so I don't really care about the layout. And it's it has an okay Chipotle that has Chipotle lanes in it, and that's fine. Still, I still haven't done the Chipotle lanes thing. We we yeah. we have another Chipotle that's even closer. So yeah, but it's got a sports basement. You you got that from uh, before. I really want to like sports basement, but are you are you a basement here? I am. Yeah. But then then it like cost wise, it's the, basically REI. I know, but the selection in there is like what? Very hit or miss. Mm. Oh, well, is it because you're a ski person? Well, I haven't like as as a runner and forever, but as a runner and somebody who still has to. Oh Jesus! I I joined a climbing gym eleven months ago with a ten. A, like pass thing i've used two of them i have mm-hmm. to find a way to use that up mm-hmm. uh anyway but it's like yeah sports basin's fine it's it's fine yeah <laughs> all right um hey, we can kick a bunch of this stuff uh okay we're, we're gonna push the omni focus stuff we will um i think we can kind uh, of let's we can probably push the rest of this right like none of none of this is super time sensitive no, we we got we got to got to pu- got to no, push no, the let's... the streaming stuff. No, no. Sure. Okay, here's what we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. Okay, we're we're gonna do three ultra fast quickies. One uh, digital photography review, which was going to shut down because uh, Amazon got bored with it, and you can't really blame them. Uh, it got bought by something called Gear Patrol. Don't know what that is. I do appreciate the scientific approach that uh, DP Review had uh, with testing cameras and lenses. I doubt that will continue, but. As a photography person with a dwindling addressable market, like I, I appreciate that it will continue to exist, but it probably won't exist for much longer. That's fine. Um, uh, the Reddit protest did not uh, really pay off. Apollo, one of the best designed apps on iOS and the only app that made Reddit really tolerable, uh, is dead. Unfortunately, because uh, Reddit is trying to IPO and they're trying to make money, so therefore they decided to kill off third-party apps. A bunch of subreddits decided to try to protest that. Didn't really work out. So that's another dying social network. Cool. 
And then lastly, I only bring this up because I think we both like the athletic and also outside of New York sports. I honestly never, ever remember that the New York Times had a proper sports section, but apparently the gray lady has decided to entirely disband its in-house sports department in favor of the athletic which is still a secondary thing only accessible if you have either a, a standalone athletic subscription or a um new york times all access subscription and which recently did around a layoffs so yeah <clears throat> yeah kind of kind of some questions around New York, the New York Times sports coverage, and I, I actually don't think that's really the interesting part of the story. Like, I, I think the, the interesting part is, is sort of like the whole, the whole premise of the athletic is, is, is so good. Like the idea of having a dedicated reporter for essentially every team in, in every major sport in the country. Well, like, that's such a, that's such of, a great idea. But it's just, well, it was kind of like, it, it's so impractical. I mean, it was kind of like taking like, because that was the whole thing. Like, if if you think about like how all the RSNs are crumbling, it was kind of like the, hey, like you have the person who is like the writer you really like for Comcast, Sportsnet, Bay Area or whatever, but that there's one of those for everybody in the, every team that you care about in the country. Like that makes a lot of sense, but, it, but you are correct that that is kind of costly. And like, unless you start like picking off all the minor sports like hockey and stuff, like that ends up getting like kind of unsustainable. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that you didn't protest the hockey nag, but okay. Well, no, I mean, um, it's just, I mean, the, the numbers are the numbers. I mean, there's not really, there's not really a way to argue around that. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, I mean, that, 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 that kind of, that it's, it's weird. And the only reason I do find this kind of interesting is that like, man, my, my ad load on the daily, I get one ad an episode. Well, I, I, I get like one ad an episode and like 90 percent of the time recently it's been a new york times house ad which oh uh, or like this which I yeah a pre I mean, like I, I get a pre-roll ad and then an ad for like hard fork or some or one like a, a podcast that's already their own or yeah. frequently it'll be like uh after the break and then they're right back i yeah the advertising <laughs> so yeah corporate real estate and podcast advertising uh two two areas to watch mm-hmm i guess mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll kick the rest of this until uh, two weeks from now. But beyond that, do you have any chef specials that may coincide with Prime Day? Well, it'll be it'll be actually be three weeks from now since I am uh, leaving the state of California for the first time since uh, November 2019. Oh no! But who? But who's? Are you, go, are, you, are you going to a good state? I, th- I think Hawaii is a good state. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty all right state. Yeah, it's got parking lot chickens. <laughs> According to Jason Stell, that's all I know about about Hawaii is that there's chickens in the parking lots. Um, anyway, sorry. Please continue. Yeah. So my my um, my chef special is one that I I I know that you're gonna um, appreciate. It's actually something you mentioned offhandedly earlier in the episode, which is oh, yeah. a, a restaurant Yay. that you and I um, went to last week in the city called State Bird Provisions. I feel like I my my. Um, experience was was unique and that i actually actually didn't know really what the restaurant was prior to getting there 
Um, mm-hmm. cause you know, you, you've been there a few times and have spoken highly about it. So when we were talking about a place to go, I, you know, was excited to, to try out, uh, state provisions and, you know, I made the reservation and then like looked at the menu and, and the menu, like it looked good, but it looked a little small and there wasn't anything that was like totally jumping off the page, but I was like, yeah, well, you know, Carlos likes it. So I'm, I'm sure this place is good totally not even realizing that the the fixed menu is like you know it's there but it's not really the experience it, it's it, it's like this whole dim sum type experience where they they, they bring mm-hmm. the stuff around and it's got you know the price on it and you just basically say whether you want it or not and that whole part was just like a total surprise that i had no idea about until we got there and that was, was super super cool and it was it was excellent yay yeah, I would definitely, definitely go. Um, would definitely go back there for sure. Yeah, needs a liquor license. Needs a liquor license. Um, little, little loud, but that's you know I I, I say that well, probably the, about ninety percent of the places I go now. So you know, can't hold in that in the realm them. of of San Francisco, it, it much more quiet and talkable than most places. <laughs> but 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 you are you are correct. I do wish every restaurant was like a library, but unfortunately, my wishes are not yeah. heated to. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, um, yeah, really. Um, I I would have liked if we were sat at the um, the the like basically like next to the kitchen. I think that would have probably been better. And you you've sat there before, I think, and you agree that that was that was a better spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. I really, really liked that whole experience. Fantastic. All right. My pick is one I made in the past, but it doesn't matter because it's on sale this week. Uh, if you, p- people do not I sleep you, on I, this. I saw, I saw you post about this. Do I need to buy this? Do, do, do not sleep on this. I, I'm thinking about buying a second one because I have like my, like, I'm staying, I'm like, I'm doing like a local, like staying over somewhere for a night or two like duffel bag and then i have my actual proper suitcase and sometimes i like i need to buy a second Mm, one of these mm -hmm. the anchor 747 gan prime charger is the greatest of all time uh charging solution for anything it will allow you to charge at full speed a 14 inch m1 ultra or m1 pro macbook pro a sony camera your watch your phone all at full speed like most like many chargers if you do that while you are using your laptop at full power, uh, if you don't have a proper charger, your char- your battery will drain as you're using Lightroom. This one does not do that. This charger is so small and light for what it is. It is, again, we there are many episodes in the past of this where I talked so much about the Sateki something or other charger. It is. It was my white whale. That charger is like two and a half times bigger and heavier than this one. This charger is so good i can't like this and packing cubes like i am not like a a jet setter or somebody who's like i'm not like one of those fucking people that's always talking about oh you got to get clear or what like and, and i the the travel thing not the scientology thing like they it, this is packing cubes and this will change your life this charger is so good i can't imagine the people who don't have a just buy it. I, I, there are a few things that are actually like good and, and not problematic in life. Like this thing is so, so good. Like, do you carry, like you have a 16 inch MacBook pro. Do you carry like the big ass Apple charger with you? <clears throat> I do in my, um, 
my work. That's madness. Laptop. Yeah. <laughs> that is madness. Like this one, I assume, and I do think they make one that's slightly bigger if you need like the whatever, how, I don't know how much, like it's 95 watts that the 16 inch takes. But obviously, like, I mean, your type of usage would never require, like, would you would not run into the power limits that this might. Like, mine, uh, like, this for a 14 inch will allow you to do all the stuff that I talked about at full power drain, even if you're using every core in Lightroom. I imagine it's not that different with the 16 inch, but this charger is great. Yes, this and Eagle Creek packing cubes, which you can find at your local sports basement and not give Amazon your money. Recommended doing that. But uh, yeah, those two things will uh, change your life. And you're about to travel. I literally just hit the place your order button. Yeah. So, because how much is it right now? It's it's normally 110 or 120 dollars. I think it's like 75 dollars on Amazon for it's, this <clears throat> fake made up holiday. Yeah, normally 110 uh, on sale for um, 75. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Nice. Yeah, I just uh, just bought it because yeah, the um. What's the, what's the brand name of the one that I still use and the one that you used before? I used to have one called Sateki. Yeah, that, I think it. I still have yeah. the, the best um, review of it. But like it's it's yeah it's it's, it's, it's not big. it's big. This one is like a, again it doesn't um like it it can be pl- like I sent you a picture like this is like the most I, when I was in LA like this is at the Airbnb like it just plugs into the wall it's not even heavy enough where it falls out of the wall plug like it's it's great. And I, I forget, like, the, the, the Sateki thing, like, the, the specific ports, at least with the USB-C plugs, like, are different wattages. Is, is the deal with this one that they're, like, all the plugs are basically just the same, so you don't really even have to think about which plug you're plugging stuff into? I think that's correct, but when I'm looking at the product picture here, the middle one has a picture of a laptop on it, so I assume that is the highest power one, but I, that's... I assume it just just leave the one that you plug into your computer that be that one. Like I, I don't think it's that picky, but oh, I've never need to, needed to. I've never needed to think about this one is where my phone goes and this one is where my camera plugs in. It's 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 fine. Yeah, there there is some guide on the Amazon page here that I'm looking at now where yeah, there does seem like there's some amount of fussiness with the ports that you're using, but like the the wattage maxes are like so high <laughs> that maybe it just like yeah. Unless you're like I, in some extreme use case, maybe it just doesn't really matter. Like, I guess like I maybe thought about it the first time I plugged in the cables. And the thing is like what I have is I have like a very small Eagle Creek like packing cube where just this and all the cables are always attached and it's just always there. So like I'm not unplugging the cables every time. So that's never been a consideration. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the, thank you for the recommendation. I, I don't, is this the first time we're you've made a, a, a chef special that oh, I just like I, bought I think on the I think this is the, I think this is the third time I've talked about this specific one but if I do need to keep bullying people into buying into consumerism I will be happy to do it well it being like yeah. 30 something percent off that that well before you actually before you leave for the trip also I can recommend the Sony a1 camera also very affordable <laughs> it's no, not I'm, I'm still I'm still happy with my camera yeah it's gotta gotta look at some lenses mm-hmm 